0: Good morning. morning. What a privilege it is to be back at Wallenstein this morning. Uh, Thank you so much for being a part of our service and thank you to our music team, our technical team, uh, pastoral staff, administrative staff. It's uh, such an easy thing to come to speak at Wallenstein. Uh, A lot of communication early on, letting me know details and taking care of a lot of things, so I really appreciate that and always love uh, being here with you. Uh, we kind of concluded before, it's not that Andreas is getting taller. The reality is, I'm getting shorter. <laughs> That's just the reality of life, isn't it? Um, welcome to those that are online. I understand there's a group online, so I'm going to try and stay in the frame of being online. But if not, I'm around, okay? <laughs> I am uh, been given the opportunity to continue uh, in the study of your series of the book of James. What a tremendous practical ministry uh, we receive from the book of James. There's probably no other more practical uh, writing in scripture than the book of James and so I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and open to James chapter 3 uh, and we will read verses 1 through 12 as our scripture reading this morning and as we read this passage of scripture which I have learned a lot been reminded uh, but a lot of important things in my preparation for this This is one of, as Gary's probably brought out, and I should say, Pastor Gary, and Andreas, and others, this is one of the pulpits, we'll say, that I tune into to receive teaching. So I want you to know that, I appreciate it. And uh, for somebody that's on the road every Sunday somewhere, I need input, and I get a lot of wonderful input in a lot of different ways, but when I want to sort of, hear some wonderful teaching from God's word, Uh, Wallenstein Bible Chapel is one of the places I tune into, so thank you so much for your contribution to my spiritual growth. But as we read from this letter, which has probably been brought out as one of the oldest writings in our New Testament, we find out that the issues James was dealing with all these centuries ago hasn't changed, folks. (laughs) It's the same issues that I struggle with and that we tend to struggle with uh, being human, Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. (laughs) This is harsh stuff, folks. Again, this was a sign to me, all right? This was a sign to me this morning. (laughs) This is an issue I got with anybody here, right? (laughs) Who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. The Lord will bless to us that reading of his word to us this morning. And we're going to ask his help now as we consider it together. Father, we just do thank you for your holy precious word we thank you that we can hold it in our hands we're grateful that we have it in our language we're grateful that we can publicly open it and consider it together and as we do so today lord we call upon the power of your holy spirit to teach us now give us this day our spiritual bread and we'll look to you and be careful to give you all the praise and the glory in jesus name amen and all the people said amen As you can gather, our topic today is the tongue, and the message is entitled "Tough Talk." And in order to frame my thoughts this morning, I'd like to suggest to you three things to get started. Now, there's going to be some alliteration this morning. I don't always use alliteration, but I do find this, being a teacher um, for a long time, I think it helps us all remember things sometimes, but the older I get, it helps me stay on track, all right? So we want to consider three things this morning from this passage as we consider the tongue. I would like to suggest to you that our passage deals with the power of the tongue, verses three through six. It deals with the poison of the tongue, verse eight, and thirdly, I want to bring out and focus mainly this morning on our third point, which is the potential of the tongue. The potential of the tongue verses 9 through 12. One old scholar summarized the book of James by saying faith alone saves but the faith that saves is never alone. Uh, In other words if we have truly exercised faith in the person of Jesus Christ that faith will be demonstrated through a growing likeness to Jesus Christ in our words and in our works. This morning our focus is on the words part of that equation. And all of these centuries ago, James was concerned about the tongue. Man, it's amazing, eh? Some things just never change. This is a struggle I have. It's something I need to be constantly reminded of, and that's why I'm so grateful for the assignment today, because I've been reminded about the significance of our tongues. In fact, James, if you read through the whole letter, which I did a number of times, he brings out the mouth, speech, words, the tongue and each of the chapters of this letter. With this being said, we focus today on the most condensed portion of James, James 3, that deals with the tongue. Now, after reading verse 1, and again, here's what we find in verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. If I was smart... We might just close in prayer and I exit stage right. (laughs) But this has impact for me. Specifically for me. Who makes a living, in a sense. Did make a living and and has spent all these years opening my mouth. (laughs) What comes out? Well, I'll tell you this as we learn from this passage. The tongue is powerful. The power of the tongue. One pastor's consistent prayer was this, Lord, fill my mouth with worthwhile stuff and nudge me when I've said enough. We'll look for the nudging of the Holy Spirit this morning as we consider this passage. Let's begin by thinking about the power of the tongue When we put bits into the mouths, verse 3, of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. And consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. In these verses, the tongue is compared to three things, three small things that wield tremendous Power, a bit, a rudder, and a spark. The small bit in a horse's mouth wields great power in controlling that massive animal. The small rudder controls the direction of the entire ship, and one little spark can set an entire forest on fire. James says, Just like these three small, powerful things, likewise the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body." (laughs) Wow, although small, like a bit, like a rudder, like a spark, the tongue is incredibly powerful and can cause tremendous damage. I don't know if it's an exaggeration to say that every day of my 35 years teaching in a high school, there wasn't damage created by a tongue. And sometimes that tongue was mine. The power of the tongue. Former U.S. President Calvin Coolidge said this, I've noticed that nothing I never said ever did me or anyone else any harm. <laughs> Do you get that? I've noticed that nothing I never said ever did me or anybody else any harm. Words. Words. The Bible tells us that the most vital and yet the most difficult thing to master is our words It is not so much what goes in one ear and comes out the other that bothers us. It's what goes in one ear, gets garbled in the process, and then comes out my mouth. Now before we move on, I want to move quickly through these first couple of points to get to our third point this morning, but I want to touch on one other important small part of the body. It's not an anatomy lesson this morning, so don't worry. But there's one other... Two others, depending on how old you are, parts of your body that can inflict great damage. You know what it is? It's your thumbs. In my case, it's my forefinger. (laughs) To update the passage to modern times, when I watch this, and I watch it for all those years at school, boy, the stuff that was being spewed out Text messages, Facebook, and whatever all that other stuff is. Some of it was encouraging and helpful. Some of it was poison. And in my case, it's a little different. (laughs) Still have to be careful about what we're communicating to others. Enough said about that, but, but you get the point, right? The power of the tongue. But notice secondly, the poison of the tongue. Verse eight says, but no human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. This is a harsh statement. These are strong words. The tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison. The word poison used here means what? It means venom. And when we think about venom, we associate the poison of the tongue with a deadly, fatal encounter with a poisonous snake. This is strong, strong stuff here. The tongue can be extremely poisonous. Now, along with everything else that's inflated in price in these days in which we are living, golf balls are more expensive. So when I hit the odd... Bad shot. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I had a bunch of them this week, actually. I'm going looking for that ball. <laughs> when we were playing in California a number of years ago, first time on this course, playing in this part of the world, I start heading for kind of some long grass to look for my ball, and a big sign as you get close danger! Don't Look for your ball. Rattlesnakes live here. Right? Be careful. Be on your guard. Because we don't want you experiencing the bite of a poisonous snake. James basically equates the outcome of the words rolling off our tongues with the poison injected into the victim by a venomous snake bite. This is harsh stuff. The tongue can inflict incredible poisonous damage. When I researched this further, I read that snake venom is stored behind the animal's eyes and ejected voluntarily through its fangs. Interesting parallels here, huh? Sometimes something goes on in and through and behind my eyes that leads to a voluntarily. Ejecting some kind of venomous, poisonous words that hurt somebody else. The poison of the tongue. A number of years ago, I had a new student brought down to the gym who had just come to our school. He was a wonderful young man from an African country. Uh, really, I remember him. Really, really good kid. And smart and athletic. And athletic. And he didn't know anything about baseball, but we were in a baseball unit. So we were outside playing baseball and, and, and teaching him how to play, which wasn't hard because he was, he was really skilled. He didn't understand the need for this glove. What's with you people? You don't need a glove to play baseball. And so there he was in left field, and uh, big high fly balls hit out over third base in the left field, and he's tracking it, and he's tracking it. No glove, didn't need a glove. And all of a sudden, it gets to a point he just stops. So What are you doing? <laughs> You can go out of the field of play to catch that ball and and the batter would be out. (laughs) You see, the grass got a little longer where he was chasing the ball, and he froze. Where I come from, sir, you don't walk into that grass. He understood the poison that can be found in a snake bite. You know, so far we thought about the power of the tongue and the poison of the tongue, and I think we all get the point James is making here all these centuries ago. But let's quickly move to our third point, which is this, the potential of the tongue. Notice verse, verses 9 through 12. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. See the potential? But also with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise And cursing, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. The potential of the tongue. James has made it clear that the tongue can inflict serious damage. It's no surprise that the tongue is guarded by two rows of ivory bars and two lips. On the other hand, the tongue has the potential to do amazingly positive, helpful things. As brought out here, the tongue has the potential, as we've been doing this morning, to praise our Lord and Father. Throughout Scripture, we read that our tongues can can and should be used to worship, to share the message of God's love with others, and to encourage and build one another up. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I came across this illustration, which was something I'm very familiar with, based on where I worked for most of those 35 years. Sean and Lee uh, Toya, the the real-life couple portrayed in the movie Blindside. Remember that great football movie, True Story? They share this following story in their book, In a Heartbeat. There's a little-known congressional program that awards internships to young people who have aged out of the foster care system. These are kids who were never adopted and are no longer eligible for state support. A senator we've met employed one such man as an intern. One morning, the senator breezed in for a meeting and discovered that his intern was already in the office, reorganizing the entire mailroom. The senator said to the intern, this is amazing. The mailroom has never looked so clean. You did a great job. A few minutes later, the senator saw that the intern had tears streaming down his face. He said, son, are you okay?" Yes, the intern answered quietly. Did I say something to offend you? No, sir well what's wrong? The young man said that's the first time in my life anyone's told me that I did something good. You know every day when I stood at that gym door and over the years we began to just make sure people understand the significance. As you walked into my high school people got this because we had kids coming from all kinds of tragic situations, and every day they showed up on our doorstep. But when I would walk into that building, when I would see teachers standing in the hallway, shaking hands, back in the day you'd see the odd hug, I had a vice-principal that hugged every kid that came into her office, do you know the impact that has? Oh, we think it's nothing. This kid, this is the first time in his life somebody said you did something good. As teachers, as parents, as grandparents, we need to catch our kids doing great things and tell them about it, see? The potential of the tongue. The question becomes, and how do we maximize this potential of our words, our speech for positive outcomes? Well, in the time we have left this morning, let me me make three suggestions to you. And again, a little more alliteration helps me, maybe more than it helps you. But there's three things that I've learned and thought about as I've been preparing for this morning. How do I maximize the potential of my words? How do I control my tongue? How do I use it to maximize the potential for good? Three things. First of all, we need a new heart. Secondly, we need a new hero. And thirdly, we need a new habit. In order to maximize the the potential, the positive potential of our words, we we need a new heart. Whoa, more anatomy here. Some might be confused by this lesson this morning that's talking about tongue, the heart, and yeah, through in the thumbs and forefinger. But what does the heart have to do with the tongue? Let's look back at Matthew chapter Fifteen, And as we turn to this passage, we read these words of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 15 and verses 18 through 20, he says this, But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, here's some words, false testimony, and slander, you see. These are what defile a person. Obviously, we're not talking about the physical pump in our chest. When the Bible speaks about our hearts, which it mentions over 1,000 times, it's referring to the center of our being, that spiritual, eternal part of us that produces our emotions, our thoughts, our motives, and our words. I heard one a speaker one time speaking to young kids and, and he described it this way. He says, your heart, as it's used in the Bible, yeah, it's not that physical pump that we associate with moving blood around our bodies. It, it, it's the factory. It's the factory in the center of your, your, your being that produces your, what you think about, your motives, your ambitions, your, all that stuff. It's like a factory that produces this stuff. And the problem is because of sin, Our hearts are by nature imperfect. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? And as a result of this, you see, we all need a new heart. We all need to be born again, you see. There's the language of the New Testament to help us understand the need for a new heart. How does that happen? Well, it happens when we exercise faith in the person of Jesus Christ. When we acknowledge the fact that we are imperfect people, that we miss the mark of God's holy standard, we realize the scripture teaches that and makes clear that the consequences for that is eternal separation from God But we thank God that the message of scripture is a message of love. And seeing us in that lost condition, God loved you and me so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ the cross to shed his blood and suffer death for you and for me. And when we by faith embrace Christ as our own personal savior, our sins are forgiven. Don't you like the tense of that word? Forgiven. Not one day might be, no, no. We are forgiven as far as the East is from the West. So far, it's removed your transgressions from you. Don't you love that? If you're a Christian this morning, you are forgiven. Thank God for that. Your relationship with Almighty God is made right. And you have the wonderful hope of eternal life living within you. And guess what else you have? You have a new what? Heart. The factory is under new management, as this person said to the kids, Right? now we have the potential to produce good motives, good ambitions, you know, good thoughts, and some good words. You know, I was sharing with Andreas and Gary and Ken and Carolyn, my dad passed away three weeks ago. He was 90 years old, he was a wonderful man. So grateful. And I know not everybody can say this, but I've been so blessed to have such a wonderful mom and dad. Mom's still with us, 88 years old, still going strong, still involved in our family, and we're so grateful for her. But dad was 90, he was struggling with cancer for a number of years, but kept pretty good. Had some mobility issues, but kept positive, right? Always positive. We celebrated his 90th birthday on July the 3rd. On July the 5th, he had a little fall in their condominium. He kind of busted some ribs, had to get him into the hospital, and he was there for a week. And I went in on July the 11th with mom, and you know, we had our sports update. Dad was, you know, thinking about who the Jays should be trading for and all that stuff. And then a, then somebody came in, a therapist came in to try and get them moving again. They, they, they decided, they discovered cancer had really spread and when they were doing tests for other things. And, and they just kind of said, let's just forget the cancer treatment. You're taking a drug. Said, we're, Dale, we're just not going to do this anymore. Okay doctor came in to tell Dad that. Then the cancer spread. We're going to stop treating it. You know what Dad said to this 12-year-old doctor? I'm kidding. They all look 12 to me now. (laughs) This brilliant young guy who was fabulous. Fabulous. My dad got great treatment. He worked in the hospital as a volunteer for 20 years. They loved him. But as this young doctor shared that truth with my dad, my dad said, you know what? He says, I'm a Christian. <laughs> See, I put my faith in Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, and I'm not afraid to die. How about you? <laughs> well, my dad wasn't the guy that was in front of people like this. He was quiet. But he had this powerful faith. And as that therapist came in to try and get my dad to move a little bit all of a sudden dad just grabbed the side of the bed and I could see we were losing him blood pressure plummeted code blue all that stuff and eventually had to tell that same doctor to stop doing what you're doing we need to let dad go home you see his physical heart gave out But his spiritual heart, friends, was alive. Was alive and will be eternally alive. And he's with his Lord today. How about you? Do you have a new heart? If we want to maximize the potential of our tongues, we need a new heart. And that happens when we exercise faith in Christ and are truly born again of the Spirit of God. And now that heart factory can begin to produce some good stuff that replicates the Lord Jesus Christ. We need a new heart. Secondly, in order to maximize the positive potential of our words, we need a new hero. (laughs) We need a new hero. We read this in Hebrews chapter 12, verses one to three familiar words. Let's say this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured this cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and you will not lose heart friends if we want to maximize the potential of our tongues we need a new hero we need to fix our eyes on our hero in glory the Lord Jesus Christ our world is full of heroes there's a lot of hero worship goes on in our world and when you see people lining up all day and all night to catch a glimpse of somebody in downtown Toronto getting out of the limousine that's a little scary to me We have heroes whose words and works aren't necessarily, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not something that we want to be fixing our eyes on, fixing our ears on. Who are the people that you have on pedestals? Who who are the heroes in your life? Younger person, middle-aged person, older person, who are they? You know, I I was reading this week and heard the news story that you know, Bruce Springsteen's going on tour. He hasn't toured the United States in a while. He's going on tour. The boss is going on tour. And If you got $5,000, you can get a good seat. What? 5,000 bucks to listen to a concert. To listen to the words of what a lot of people consider to be their hero. Not making a comment on Bruce. <laughs> these concerts are selling out. I read about another artist who in the secondary ticket market, somebody paid $41,000 to get into a concert. What are you prepared to commit to fix your eyes on Jesus and learn from him and listen to his words? John chapter 1 says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I was thinking about a new series entitled the words of the word. <laughs> Jesus is the word. How much time do we spend reading his words? We read that Jesus was full of grace and truth. You see, he, he, each word, each interaction with, with another person was full of this beautiful balance of grace and truth. We need to watch Him. We need to listen to his words. We need to read and study his words. in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how much time do we spend doing that? Friends, we need a new hero. Oh, I'm not saying. There's a lot of wonderful people out there, and I'm glad there are. There's a lot of great role models out there. There are. And I will admit, I've seen a lot of my sports legendary, you know, heroes up close. I've seen some of them up close. I've heard their words. But how much time do I spend Focusing on the words of Jesus Christ. The world needs a new hero, and he's in the glory today. Maybe you need to reestablish the heroes in your life and make sure Jesus is at the top of that scale. I need to keep moving. Yes. We need a new heart. We need a new hero. Finally, we need a new habit. Listen to what we read in James chapter 1, verse 19. This has already been covered, but it says this to remind you. My dear brothers and sisters... James Wright, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We need a new habit. We need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We need to heed this advice that James offers here, and be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, as I close, I'm kidding with the tech team, but I would kind of prefer if we just kind of stop recording at this point, because I'm gonna share something with you. They can't leave this room, all right? So back in the dark ages, I went to university, and part of my phys ed degree at the time was, the challenge of being a phys ed student was you had to do all the theoretical stuff, but you had to do all the practical stuff too, the fun stuff. So, you know, every week I had two hours of hockey on the ice with a guy that became an NHL coach. I had two hours of volleyball with our national coach. I had two hours of gymnastics with our national men's coach. I mean, he laughed most of the time when he watched us try and do our thing. But it was this practical side. And one of the other things we had to do was, along with swimming and gymnastics and team sports, we had to take social dance. You see where I'm going. And we had this amazing teacher. Don't know what it is about phys ed students, but the ability to dance, you'd think those two would go hand in hand. <laughs> Trust me, it doesn't. Particularly with the guy you're looking at today. We were doing the waltz, so the waltz, the tango, the foxtrot, we had to do all that stuff. Because back in the day, you, Carolyn, you stop laughing. <laughs> there was a time in school when you—that was part of a phys ed program, right? I never obviously taught it, but I had to take it, had to pass it. And it was so bad that the instructor would come beside me. We were doing the waltz, and you musicians will understand the timing. of waltz is one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And she would come up beside us on the floor in our ears. There, one, two, three, one, two, three. That's how I remember this, friend. That's how I remember this, this new habit I have to have. Did you get it? Quick, slow, slow, quick, slow, slow, quick, slow, slow, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, quick, slow, slow, quick, slow, slow. I still hear the voice in my head, but you know what, it's not the voice of a dancer, it's the voice of my Lord Dale, quick, slow, slow, quick, Slow, slow. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I'm done. The power of the tongue, the poison of the tongue, the potential of the tongue. In order to maximize the positive potential of the tongue, we need a new heart. We need a new hero. We need a new habit. Thank you. Music team, over you. I will then come back and we'll just close in prayer. It's been great being with you today. Thank you.